Welcome to the Access Rosedale podcast, a monthly conversation that gives insight to the vision, culture, and processes of Rosedale Baptist Church. My name is Stephen Miller. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Robbie and Steve. And guys, it's great to have you here. I'm excited for another monthly episode of Access Rosedale. And today is all about creating a culture of giving, creating a culture of giving. Obviously, uh, the gospel is free. Right and praise God for that, but getting it to people is not, and it takes money and it takes support to run a ministry. This is actually going to be a two-part podcast. We're going to break it up uh, over the next two episodes, and so today we'll give a lot of insight to maybe some of the misnomers or some of the different mindsets when it comes to giving. Well, creating a culture of giving is different than just trying to get people to give at uh, one time, and. I believe that over the course of some years, we've been able to find different things that work within Rosedale Baptist Church that we just want to share with people. And it is something that excites me, something that drives me, because giving is contagious. Giving is something that is the heart of God. God first gave. And as God gave to us Jesus Christ, I mean, it's at the core of who He is. And as we are able to get that, it really is contagious within the church. I noticed uh, not too long ago, I was talking with a number of leaders in churches, mostly pastors. And what I found is, as we talked about this area of giving specifically, is many of them haven't really found a recipe that works within their church. And uh, there was, there's been a lot of questions about this topic, a, a lot of uh, maybe misnomers about this topic. And I think that we can help to clarify some things and hopefully have a good discussion today. A number of years ago, Pastor and I were talking about me possibly coming on staff here. And I had been in a sales position for about 15 years prior to that. And he knew my passion for uh, for even budgets and finances and, and helping to, to create a healthy culture uh, within the arena of finances. And so God continued to knit our hearts together and there came a time where it just made sense and God was in it and it was time to come on. And so my my first responsibility here at Rosedale was to be the stewardship pastor and overseeing all of the finances, the business affairs of Rosedale Baptist Church. And, you know, as my as my responsibilities have increased, I still have uh, a lot to do with the business side of the church. And, uh, you know, we are a ministry, but if we don't run things well from a business perspective, we won't be a ministry for long. And I, I believe that we we focus a lot on the budget side of it. And in fact, I was reading something uh, recently that was talking about how, how much time we focus on with with sometimes a finance team focusing on creating a budget, managing that budget, staying within that budget on an annual basis. But we don't talk near as much in our churches about the other side of it, and that's the income side. That's mm-hmm. the donor side. That's the giving side of uh, the the finances within the local church, and that's what we want to talk about. And that's today. a passion for you. I mean, I mean, obviously, we we appreciate the fact that it's a passion for you because it helps us stay on track and stay focused, and helps um, to meet payroll. So the Bible talks a lot about giving, <laughs> which is you know obviously a, a good thing. Uh, God understands giving, and you know we have a great example of of giving God for God so loved the world that He gave. So giving is in the very heart of God to give, to sacrifice. Um, but the Bible teaches about it, teaches about stewardship, teaches about giving. 
And it also teaches about a blessing when you do give. I really believe that as pastors, we must teach what the Bible teaches when it comes to finances. And as you said, there's a lot of scripture that talk about finances in the Bible. In fact, there's over 2,000 verses that in some way, shape, or form talk about finances. It's something that is near and dear to the heart of God. If I come from a spiritual angle, it's a it's a heart issue, right? Uh, you know, my giving is, and Steve mentioned this maybe in a different wording, it's a revelation of of, of who I am. You know, these, these areas of stewardship, not only my finances, but my time, um, you know, uh, how I serve him um, um, is an important question to ask. When creating a culture of giving in, in a church, there's, you know, maybe two schools of thoughts, right? You could say, okay, um, you need to give because God commands it. So, okay, we're going to create our culture that way. Or you, well, you need to give because God commands it and you're going to be blessed, right? You're, man, you're going to be blessed spiritually. You might even be blessed physically. Is that the right approach uh, when it comes to trying to create a culture and giving both that kind of commandment and, you know, receiving type of culture that you want to create? I think that if we're going to create a culture of giving, we have to approach it from a rounded standpoint. Statistics tell us that the average Christian gives 2% of their income. Uh-huh. Giving 2% of their income, they're not necessarily following the template of what the Bible teaches. And I believe that the Bible does teach a tithe, and we're not going to go into that as a discussion point today because I don't know that that's a major issue that we need to talk about it's more here. More culture. However, we, does the Bible command it? Yes. And for mature Christians, they can take that and, hey, the Bible commands it, and we're going to give because the Bible says to give because God says to give. But if your church is following the template of the first church, you're going to have more than just mature Christians in your congregation. You're going to have some new believers. And new believers are still trying to figure out uh, this whole faith thing and, and how to walk in the Christian faith. And, and some will take that, uh, you said that the Bible teaches it, and so yes, I'm going to give uh, because, because the Bible teaches it. But many, uh, we, we need to help them along the way to see, hey, it's more than just you giving because it's a commandment. It's, it's you giving because God is going to bless abundantly. And there are multiple ways that God blesses. Uh, we we genu- typically will go to Philippians 4.17, uh, where Paul says, it's not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And then, and then we point out all of what God is doing within our church, uh, the, w- the way that God is blessing, the, the people that are saved, the, the children that are being affected, the, the teenagers that are being discipled. Uh, the missionaries that we're sending out. And, and hey, that's fruit that abounds to your account. You're having a part in that. When someone's saved on the mission field, it's partially because of the gift that you gave, and that is fruit that abounds to your account. I believe that that's biblical. But we veer away oftentimes from the other side of that, and uh, because we're afraid to say that you give because God's going to bless you. But I would challenge that thinking a little bit because God said that. In Malachi 3, probably the most notable passage that we go to on giving, he says to prove him. Prove me now herewith that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to contain it. And 
God says to his people, prove me. Yeah. There's other passages, Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And verse 10 says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and they and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. There are passages over and over, give and it shall be given to you. We hear that throughout scripture that there are physical blessings. God's going to supply my needs. God's going to take care of me simply because I honored him with the first fruits of my substance. Obviously, most of us that are listening to this podcast are familiar with uh, with Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And it's a great tool that we can use for a, a separate class. But don't let a class take the place of preaching the Word of God in the pulpit. Yeah. We still need to be teaching and preaching about stewardship and giving from the pulpit because God teaches and preaches about it, and it's following the Bible. It's preaching the whole counsel of the Word of God. Don't let that be a replacement for. I think it can be an enhancement too, but should never be a replacement for. Yeah, don't don't defer your responsibility, right? It's like, well, we'll let Dave handle that one, right? <laughs> Dave is not responsible to teach what the Bible says in your church. You've got to teach it and be bold about it and be confident. And like Robbie said, find that balance, right? Don't feel the pressure like, okay, offerings down. I better shift my message to giving, right? Or, man, we're doing fine, so I guess I'll lay low. Man, if you're going, have a have an intentional process. I know some churches, Robbie, I don't know if you know churches like this, but I know some churches, they, they preach four times a year on giving, right? So like every, you know, every quarter, I guess. And it's, it's a good reminder. Um, I would also say, too, don't don't preach about giving just because you feel like you have to because of the offering. Uh, the next way you can begin to create a culture of giving is to recognize generational differences. Recognize generational differences. And a moment ago, Steve, you talked about the first church, how there were mature Christians and there were new Christians. And, you know, each group approaches it differently. But in the church today, there are not only mature Christians and, you know, young Christians, there's also older people and there's younger people, such as the case at Rosedale, right? We would consider ourselves to be a multi-generational church where we are trying to speak to two different generations in the same service, with the same ministries. And a lot of times we have to recognize um, that there are different generations. And because of that, they approach things differently. How would this apply to, to giving? With giving, obviously, being a multi-generational church affects a lot of different areas. And for most pastors there, they're trying to figure it out because the 20-somethings and the 70-somethings think very differently about a lot of different topics. Yes. And for most people in the, in an older generation, the, the spiritual discipline of giving means that I have a physical check that I'm putting into a physical envelope I'm writing on that, and then when the plate passes, I'm putting that envelope into the plate, and that is the only way that you could possibly that, give. That was just hard for me to even listen to <laughs> when you were describing that. For a younger generation, and I, I'm still learning a younger generation. I don't know at what point you become the old guy in the room, you're, but you're the old guy. So I'm the old guy in the room, and, and unfortunately, that that happens quicker than you realize, and. And uh, for the generational differences, we're, we're recognizing what they are. And with generational differences, 
there's a lot of different things. There, there's methods of giving, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But, but even more importantly than the methods of giving, it's the reason to give. And an older generation oftentimes will give out of, out of habit, will give out of discipline, will give just merely because the plates are passed and that, that's what they're supposed to do. A, the newer generation gives oftentimes for very different reasons. Now we're teaching them what the Bible says. We're preaching about giving. We're, we're, we're helping them to understand what it means to be a steward of their finances. But sometimes when you're trying to create a culture of giving, the, the rhetoric is, well, you need to give because God says, which is important. We just spent a lot of time talking about that. But also I think you have to be wise as a church leader to understand, okay, though people should give because God says, I think if they understand where their giving is going to and how it's affecting the world, then a younger generation would be more willing to give. Uh, for example, if I'm a millennial and I sit there in the service and um, the person gets up and says, hey, we need you to give because you know the money that we give is going to go to help an orphanage over in Uganda. Okay, that's great. That helps me understand and I can get behind that. Now, the older generation might say, hey, we need you to give because we're trying to, you know, reach the world and, and, you know, God says to give. Okay, I can get behind that. The point is not trying to get one generation to look at it as another generation does. The point is a church leader is to say, okay, understanding that if I can, you know, really clearly define how these two generations look at giving, that I can get them to both do what God says. And in the end... Whether they're giving because they're they see a cause or they're giving because they see a verse, God, they're obeying God because they're giving. All right. So some some leaders are listening to this and that that's not sitting well with them. <laughs> my my guess is that Robbie's in the room and it's not sitting well with him. <laughs> so I, I, I'm I'm half joking, but I'm curious what your thoughts are when it comes to something like that. I'm just wondering how much of this is um, you know has to do with worship. Isn't there a worship aspect? Book. I've had people tell me that they, they got a checkbook for one reason, one reason alone, so they could give back to the local church. <laughs> but the, the reality is most people aren't going to go to that effort if they're not writing checks for anything else. Why would they get a checkbook just to give to the church? And you talked about, I use my iPhone for everything. Why wouldn't I sure. use it? And so we, we went out and looked at, different online platforms and, and implemented an online platform. And we had a, a whole campaign to launch it so that it was, so that there was awareness about giving online. There was an understanding of why we would provide a platform like that. And we went into in, a lot of effort to make sure that it was known. And Today, four years later, after we launched that online giving platform, even in a, a multi-generational church, we're not just a young church. We are definitely a multi-generational church. We're getting weekly 40 to 50% of all of our gifts are coming in online. Wow. And it has increased the overall amount of giving. Yeah. And so online giving has been vital to the sustainability to build a culture of giving. I think that's a great point because you know, we do online, we do now we do text giving, we still do the old fashioned envelope and pen and all that stuff and you know the offering plate. Um, but I think you know the key is this: if you want to create a culture of giving, then you have to provide multiple ways for people to give. 
if people feel like I can't give because you don't have a way that I would give, then I'm not going to give. It's like when I go to the supermarket, right? Can I be? Can I give you a little illustration here? I go to the supermarket. I'm ready to pay for my stuff, and they've got one check stand open, you know, for 350 people. And, I, and every time I look at that, I go, "You don't want my money, right? You don't. You don't want my money. You like want to make it hard for me to give you my money. I'm ready to give it." I mean, I'm ready to get, buy the bread and buy the milk. And why would you make it hard? Make it easy for me. And so now I love the fact that you go to Target, go in these different places, they have self-checkout, right? I don't want to I don't want to stand in line. Just go to self-checkout. And for me, I can give my money a lot faster. I think they finally realized that. I think churches, they'll say, we're going to give in the offering plate, and you got to bring your tithe and get a checkbook, and we're not even going to worry about online giving. What's that thing, right? Man, I'll tell you, don't make it hard for people to give to God. Make it as easy as possible. Because we're assuming at that point, if we recognize the generational difference, that many 20-year-olds don't carry a checkbook. If we recognize that, and that's a statistical fact, if we recognize that, then if we don't offer these other platforms for them to give, what we're saying is you need to have cash in your wallet when you show up and, and, and give through cash. So we're making it difficult for people to give instead of recognizing the generational difference and offering a platform that will will engage people will help them to give back to the Lord we we need to make this this spiritual exercise as as easy as possible for them we've never gone into kiosks in the lobby uh, you know there are some churches that have found that to be effective as well uh, for us, the, the text giving option is so simple that doing it from their seat uh, for that one that, uh, you know, I feel like I need to give in church. Yeah. Well, hey, take out your smartphone and in, in literally 15 seconds or less, you can give back to the Lord through text. And it's in a, in a format that you're used to utilizing uh, every day of your life with, with other bills. Uh, online giving, one, one of the great things about online giving and I'm not breaking any new ground here. Most of us know this, but one of the greatest things for the church with online giving is recurring giving. Yeah. They they talk about a summer slump uh, for churches. There's so many people going on vacation, and so you many churches experience a summer slump in their giving, and and they have to guard for that in their budgets and and make up for that because the reality is that many people who go on vacation for a couple of weeks in the summer, if they would have given while they were gone, if they if they don't have a way to give while they're out of town, they probably will not catch that up when they get back. Yeah. So that th- those are those are gifts that are just. I mean, lost. they're not going to save it in the bank account and say we can't we can't spend that. That's for the church. It's probably spent on another roller coaster. Yes, absolutely. I would guess. And uh, so, even even those that are consistent givers will oftentimes miss at times like that. And and you're missing out on opportunities. And by having recurring giving, it allows it to be consistent. We don't see a summer slump anymore uh, because that consistency of the online giving is there week after week, month after month. Let me recap this for those that are listening. And and so many good things here today to just begin to create a culture of giving. We said, if you want to create a culture of giving your church as a church leader, number one, you need to teach what the Bible says about giving, about stewardship, about giving, about the fact that there are blessings to be received both spiritual and 
physical. We also said if you want to create a culture of giving, recognize the generational differences. Recognize that people do uh, give and approach giving different ways depending on what generation that they're in and have methods, have ways to give online text. We mentioned recurring, even the old-fashioned envelope, but make it easy for people to give. I think these are all uh, great, great thoughts as we think about how can I increase giving? How can I create a culture of giving within uh, my church. And, and I, Steve, I really appreciate you sharing some thoughts. We started out by saying in the beginning of this episode, the gospel is free, but getting it to people is not. It takes intentionality. If you as a church leader are frustrated and you think, man, I got to get my people to give. Where do I start? How do I go about it? Am I doing too much? Listen, very simple. Teach what the Bible says and then recognize generational differences. Make it easy for people to give and create opportunities for people to obey God and to worship God in giving. Steve, thank you so much. Robbie, thank you so much for your insight and thoughts uh, from today's episode. And thank you for listening to this month's episode of the Access Rosedale podcast. This is creating a culture of giving. This is part one of a two-part talk that we're having, and we'll finish up the rest of these thoughts with really some practical things that you can do to see giving increase in your church really exponentially. Some great thoughts that we'll share with you next month. Thank you so much again for listening. If you have any questions or want to know any information about anything we talked about this month, please shoot us an email. It's simply podcast at rosedalebaptist.org. That's podcast at rosedalebaptist.org. We're excited about what God is doing here at Rosedale, and we're thankful we can share it with you and give you some insight to the vision, processes, and culture of Rosedale Baptist Church. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us on another episode, hopefully the next episode next month on the Access Rosedale podcast.